our title makes me lisp. It makes me want to say like shumshin spookish. <laughs> Shumthin spookish. I'm Katie. And I'm Josie. And, and this, this is something spookish. Well, Josie, you've you've heard my stories. You've heard many a story from from me and my face um, over the past few weeks, and I want a Josie story. Are you ready for a spookin'? I'm ready for a straight spookin' right now. This this will be um, more of an interesting, more of an interesting uh, spook than like a scary spook, which is probably okay. good because you've been hitting hard. Yeah, I've been giving myself nightmares, which is fine. Oh, great. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> maybe cool. I can help you um, relieve some of those nightmares. Thank you. And it'll be a little bit more, you. Um, you know, you just, we'll just, we'll see what you think of it at the end. <laughs> okay. All right. You alluded to some mystery. Yep. So there's, there's some mystery. And the mystery is the Lumbar Baron Inn. Ooh, an inn, you say? An inn. Have you ever heard of the Lumber Baron Inn? Certainly not. Should I have? No, but it's a good old Denver, Colorado building. Ooh, very good. Okay, well, then I probably should know about it. And here I am yet again, not knowing about it. It's Where okay. is it? That's okay. In Denver. It's in Denver. It's in between, um, it's in the Potter Highlands. Uh, it's in between the Denver Highlands and Sunnyside. If you are familiar with Denver. Nope. Yeah, well, it's over there somewhere. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Ways, ways gets me there and I find my way. Denver, Denver will turn you around, though, because it's, it's really whoever designed the roads in Denver. I feel like they were high and I don't know. Like there's a bunch of one ways and it's just so easy to get lost. That, maybe it's just me. No, I, I used to get lost all the time. Now that I've lived here for five years, it's it's fairly easy. But it is a bitch when you take a wrong turn because you're like, oh, great. Now I have to go up seven streets to get back where I was going to because I can't go this one direction to get there. Exactly. So the so so it's an in, uh, this inn is mm-hmm. in operation. You can stay there. You can fucking stay there right now. We right might here? have to go do that. Right now, actually, I, I want to. Because apparently it's... Well, and, and right now, it's it's so cute. It's such oh. a cute, like, little... Like, if you were a woodland nymph fairy, and, like, that's oh. just what you were, that's the place I, you'd want to be. I'm a woodland nymph fairy. Exactly. Can I... Josie, we gotta... We, can oh. we just... Can we oh. get... Can we dine there? We can do tea. Say no more. I Say know. less. I know. Oh. I know. I know. Plus, when I tell you oh. all the spooky things that happen, you're going to be like, oh, I want to see if we can see that. Oh, my God, Josie. I could not be more excited right now. Give me. Give me the things. Give me all the things. Let me give you the goods. You, yeah. You're so full of teasing. I know. I, I want to know. I tease no more. These are my sources. I got many an article from hauntedhouses.com. And lum- uh, an article written by Julie Carr about the Lumbar Baron Inn, thelumbarbaroninn.com. An article written in 2003 by the Denver Post um, from Elena Jefferson titled Invisible Rumors Never Complain. As well as an article written by Andre Wanderer um, called Haunted Denver Ghost Stories of the North Side. 
Oh my. So I have a lot That's of things a source here. and a half. It's quite a few sources. So I really did try to yeah. find as many crazy things as I could. Now this house, we're going to talk about the history. This is an old ass house. This was built in uh, 1890. So a whole freaking century ago. Okay, very good. That's a that's a prerequisite. You must be at least one century old. Exactly. Honestly, they're close to wait. 1890s, 1990 was a century. Oh yeah, they've they've got a ways to go before they hit two. But oh yeah, oh yeah. No, they're still young. Yeah, so far so good. Um, and it was built by a man named John Mowat, or sorry, John Mowat, for his wife Amelia and their five children. And Mowat had settled in Denver at the age of 52. Sorry. Fuck me. At the age of 25. Dyslexia for the oh. win. Oh my god, that's amazing! That's the cutest thing I've ever heard! <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I know it wasn't 52. <laughs> I, was, I was like, how did she get that max? Oh, the dyslexia, right? That's funny. I'm reading fast. Okay, yeah, so 25. That was amazing. 25, okay. sorry. Just, tis but a quarter. Tis but a quarter. He worked in the lumbar, in the lumber, wood, industry. Ah, oh, hence... Hence the lumber baron in, indeed. Ha ha. Uh, he owned his own lumber company, and he also became a contractor. So, like, of course this guy knows how to build a freaking house. He built 200 uh, buildings around Denver as well. Oh, so, like, yeah, one or two. Okay. All right. So he's expert level. In- indeed. That is what we call an expert at this point. He built the lumber baron mansion to showcase his success in the wood business, as well as provide benefit to his family. And the entire house at Every single room holds a different um, type of wood. And there's like at least 20 different woods in this house. And they are oh my goodness. all carved by gifted craftsmen. Oh, oh, oh really? So, uh, so he, was, he was also enmeshed in the community and had, had knew many a gifted craftsman? Mm-hmm. He had some help. He had some help. And just like the colors of the wood are intertwining and just the rooms kind of showcase a specific wood. It's it's so, it's just, it's so well done. It's very Victorian um, era. Oh my gosh. You can picture I want to go. Right? I'm Gorgeous. Look it up. Yep. And it's not just like, yes, it was a house built for his family, but it was a big ass house. Like it's a mansion. Ooh. Like a small mansion, but still. Oh, it's pretty. Oh, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. Isn't that cute? It is cute. Oh, it's very Denver. It's very Denver. Around 1915, John Mowat passes away. He was in San Diego at the time. And the rest is, uh, the rest of his family kind of moved out of the house as well. And they sold their home to Harem Fowler. And the neighborhood at the time was still, like, really classy. It was a very well-to-do neighborhood. It was popping. So now we move on to the Fowler's time owning the home. And Harem Fowler was uh, very successful in the mining business, and the family turned the building into a commercial property. This was because of multiple years of miscare and just not upkeeping the property like they should have. So it just starts kind of getting a little rinky-dinky. There were almost too many things to fix, so they wanted to create extra income to try to upkeep the mansion. Uh, so the building was once used as a business school for a short time. And then in the 1950s, the building was divided into 13 apartments for public housing. But this created a lot more foot traffic. So obviously, way more wear and tear. 13, you say? 13 apartments. How creepy is that? Wow. 
Okay. I mean, that's a little cliche, but it's kind of also amazing and I do love it. Did you see, like, how do you fit 13 apartments in that house, though? It's crazy. No, that's more. That's like double what I assumed there would be. And I, I would like to point out that there are bathtubs in the bedrooms. Oh, it's clutch. It's clutch yeah, right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's next level. Oh, my God, it's the cutest thing. Oh, my God, the ceilings. Oh, my God, the staircase. Josie! I know. You want to go. You want to go. I want to go. We're going. We're I going. do. I'm gonna, We're doing it. I'm going to book our tea right now. But please, con- <laughs> no, please continue. Don't mind me booking tea. So, yeah, 13 apartments. Through this time, the neighborhood really started going downhill. It was just very neglected, not well taken care of. And the house was very similar. And especially with all the tenants there, it was very very trashy real quick. Oh, bummer. That house doesn't deserve that. It was built for better. The house was finally now uh, considered uh, ghetto. It had ghetto status oh. with it. Oh. It was a very sketchy part of town at this time. Oh. The Fowler family had trouble selling the property due to its appearance. Duh. And its shitty location Duh. now. Duh. Yeah, yeah. The apartment building was uh, not showing to be profitable, and the family never invested in badly needed maintenance or security for the tenants of the building. Oh, well, those are important. Those are so important. Maybe, like, not in 1970s because everybody was, like, a latchkey kid, but... Yeah, that's very true. 1970s were scary. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. So the apartment building, you know, was known to be a place for not the best type of folks... There were a whole bunch of parties, lots of drugs, alcohol, theft, gangs, etc., in and around the house consistently. The building was actually to be condemned in 1990 after severe issues made it uninhabitable, and the building was supposed to be demolished when it was ultimately saved. Oh, boy. What? Uh, I didn't know you could walk that back. Oh, but you can. Literally, like, a day before a wrecking ball was supposed to tear that bitch down, a beautiful couple bought the house. Oh, what? Yes. Because they were like, huh, that's a pretty cool piece of uh, history, and I bet we could make that a lot better. And this neighborhood seems like it could potentially be nice in the future. Let's test your luck. And luck they tested. What vision? So this is the Kellers. In the 90s... Walter and Julie Keller purchased the house and restored it to its uh, 1800s era glory as a single family home. And they did that in about three years. Wow, that's pretty quick. They lived in the house in the basement, which they had re- renovated into an apartment and hoped they to- lived in a house in the basement. Yeah, so they lived in the and they, they lived in the mansion, but they renovated the basement into an apartment. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they hoped that the neighborhood would turn for the better, and it did. And currently, and back in, you know, the 90s, it was actually starting to be a really poppin' area again. Lucky ducks. Yeah, well, that really paid off. Good eye. Before they bought the house, it was really run down. The windows were boarded up. The lawn was in shambles. There was paint cracking. There was hardly any trees. Just picture the nastiest, like, sketchiest house you can, and that was that. After like a real haunted house, like a real like haunted, a haunted, like a house trap house, like. nasty trap house, gross. Ew, gross. Mm-hmm. And then after the Kellers, the mansion was uh, restored with the actual 1800s era antique furniture and bathtubs. They, oh. uh huh. They restored the ballroom on the third floor. There's a 
ballroom. Oh my heavens. There's a ballroom. Oh, we're going in there. Oh, and they added a stage to allow for plays and shows. They also planted a massive, obviously you could see it from the pictures, a very impressive garden with statues and fountains in the front yard and the backyard. Like I was saying, if you were a fairy, this is where you would want to be. Ooh, yes. Um, I do. I like it. They've done, they did well. So obviously, after all this hard work, the mansion became a bed and breakfast as well as an event space specializing in weddings. <gasps> Naturally. Now you know the history. Okay. 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 So like kind of wholesome, kind of trashy. Um, wholesome, some stuff might have happened. Trashy to wholesome. Yeah. Trashy. Wait, wholesome, then trashy. Yes. And then wholesome again. That's our order of operations tonight. Very good. Okay. Okay. This hundred year old mansion also has some haunted history to it. And the Kellers and the guests of the hotel have also documented some of their interesting experiences. Shortly after moving into the house, Walter Keller, so the most recent owner, experienced this when a group of teenagers came up to the house. He said, quote, All of a sudden, one of them ran up to the side of the house, tapped on the wall, and then they all ran down the block screaming. Hmm. What? Yeah, that's just what he saw when he first moved in. Like a whole bunch of kids, uh, and they go up to the side of his house, and like someone like kicks the wall or something, and then they all run screaming. Does does he know why they ran screaming? Well, and why are they tapping on the wall? What's happening? Yeah, crazy though, right? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Whoa. Like, what? I have questions. And I also have questions. I would be suspicious. Exactly. That's kind of like their first. Uh, dose of of what's happening so we're going to talk about some of these hauntings and again this is like a 120 40 50 year old house so of course some things have happened um and the reason why things might be staying in this house is you know like we've said before people who love their home in this world sometimes choose to spend their afterlife in the special place or they just visit it often especially if they have had to choose um to move out or lost it suddenly, or had an unexpected death. Past uh, owners of the house could be in spirit form, may also have concerns about the property due to the past or present treatment of their property by the living. So, checking it out from time to time, as well as people Mm. who just enjoy walking, uh, working at the building, often like to visit or keep doing their job, not letting the fact that they are in spirit form get in their way of doing their chores, which I think is fucking dedication. It is, but, oh, that sucks. Oh, my God. I would not go back to work (laughs) if I was dead. Fuck that. No. Like, oh. Go get a lemonade. Oh, I finally died? Yeah, send me back to hell, please. No, I I mean, can you at least just, like, chill on the couch? Did you ask for a lemonade? Yeah. (laughs) I... (laughs) <laughs> Excuse go get me. a lemonade. You earned it. I <laughs> died. in life. I'm done. Where's my lemonade? What, Someone what told me lemonade on tap was here. Lemonade, couch, you earned it. You earned it. I love it. You earned it. If that's how hard you're working in the afterlife, I'm going I'm to go ahead and assume that you earned yourself a lemonade. We are going to talk about some places and some spirits of the home. Okay. Mm. Do you accept? I'm, I'm, I accept, and I, I would like some, and I'm holding out my hands. Okay. Please pour two, 
Four to give. Thank you. <laughs> and giving. The staircase. That big, beautiful staircase that you saw. Love the staircase. And Old House Creeks. But not like this one. Hmm. Footsteps can be heard around the house when no guests are present. And more than this, you can see the floorboards move. What? Oh, no, no, I don't like that. Can you picture that? Yes, I can. Oh, I don't, I've never, ooh, I don't, ooh, I don't like that. Mm. So Walter Keller's ex-wife, Maureen, was up late one night waiting for a late check-in to arrive. And she was alone in her foyer reading a book under the staircase when she heard someone coming down the stairs. She stood up to turn and greet the person, but when she looked around, no one was there. However, she saw the freaking floorboard move back down closer to the floor as if someone had released their pressure, the pressure from their foot off of the floorboard. And so they, she ah. just saw this like thing decompress. No. no. Nope. 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 Leaving. Do not Bye. like floorboards moving. But that I do kind of want to see. That's crazy. I do want to see it. I want to see it. Right? I, also, I also reject, but I, yeah. Mm, I reject fun. and inject all at the same time. I reject and inject. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's one of those. It's definitely, it's one, definitely of those. one of those. Um, others have seen this occurrence, too. Creaks will be heard, and then you see the wood from the stairs or the floorboards move or decompress as if someone is walking around. Nay. That's just crazy. Well, we're going to have to get, like, that. That like, that's where I call it's an it. In, uh, but can you like? Okay, so so you're, you're let's say you're spending the night. Can I just go like camp out in the hallway and like wait for a floorboard to to move? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you can just like go bop around. That's what I would to, do. Yeah, maybe that's what we will do. We'll see. Ooh, oh, okay. We'll see. Also on the staircase, there have been many an apparition to be seen and it's always a female spirit and she's seen on the staircase next we move away from the staircase okay 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 leaving 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 the staircase staircase. there's been a female apparition dressed as a flapper that has been seen on multiple occasions fabulous right flappers 20s (laughs) oh my gosh yes so perhaps a family member or a friend of the family, either the Fowlers or the Moets, definitely spent a lot of time doing extravagant parties in the 1920s. So this is assumed to be someone who just loved their parties and is coming back. Okay, so we don't, we don't think anybody died at the party. Hard to say. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I don't think so. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'd rather just... I mean, how nice to be like, you know, that one party that I went to that, that one time was bitchin'. awesome. That was lit. I'm going back. I'm getting dressed up. I'm going to hang out. Oh, that's such a good uh, notion, too. What if you, oh, there's a few parties I wish I could go back to. Consider it done, Josie. I'm going to haunt Red Rocks. How about that? Done. I'll meet you there. Cool. All Sweet. right. Good plan. So this female apparition has been noticed and seen in the ballroom over the years. A staff member... While taking down the chairs after a play performance, heard the sound of something moving in the back of the ballroom. Looking up, he saw a brief appearance of a woman in the back of the ballroom, walking through quickly. Thinking it was his wife, 
He went down to see why she was up in the ballroom. He found her down in the kitchen, and she hadn't been upstairs at all. They were the only two people left in the mansion at the time. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Hi. Oh, my God. Be like, hi, oh, honey. Mm. What are you doing up there? Oh. Oh. You're here. Uh. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's freaky. Oh, yeah. my God. I'd leave. I'd leave. I'd leave. Another um, experience was when Walter Keller, again, the recent owner, he told of another guest experience during an interview one time. He said the mother of a bride-to-be was in the ballroom making preparations when she saw a woman in a flapper dress drinking champagne in the sitting area. The mother of the bride went over to introduce herself when she felt a cold blast of air and then the woman vanished. No. Yeah, can you just imagine the air and then they're just gone and you're like, what the fuck? drinking champagne and like being like oh i have to play a part now it's the wedding day i'm gonna go introduce myself somebody's drinking champagne like this is a guest but also i love the concept that i can have champagne when i'm dead i do i love that too i love like this is uh you ever think about that whoever this spirit is she did it right she did it right needless to say that mom came screaming down the stairs uh, in shambles. Oh yeah, and Walter oh, yeah. love. I really like the Kellers. I really like them. I love that they they. I love that they stuck to the 1800s era for the building. I love that they, you know, are just there to support their guests. He literally comforted her, comforted her all night. Oh, he's like, I know. I got scared too. He's like, it's listen, a, he's okay. like, ghosties are a bitch sometimes. You know, it's scary. It's okay. Yeah, though. it's okay. <laughs> it's alright. Moving on. The apparition of a black female maid is occasionally seen. She is dressed in a uniform of an earlier era, and she has been seen just going about her chores. Yes, girl. I'm so proud. But I also hope that you, like, don't do chores. Don't do chores. Have some lemonade. Have some champagne. If you can have <laughs> champagne, you can have lemonade. Follow the flapper girl around. Get, get, yes, they get, should become friends. Exactly. Get what she's getting. Um, she is assumed to have died in the house. Probably oh. she was possibly a servant or, or mo- most likely just a maid um, at the time serving the family. Oh, sad. A paranormal investigative group went into the mansion with EVP, video, and electromagnetic field readers. The group also took a multitude of pictures, with one showing the outline of a woman with what appeared to be a white collar around her neck. Like the maid. The little, really? Yeah, the little toily white collar. They captured oh. that. Did you see the photo? I did not. I couldn't find it. I want to see the photo. I know, me too. Uh, this group also caught a picture of what appears to be a black cat in an upstairs window. And there were no cats there at the time. Oh. And that's really? also... Yeah, like what is a black cat? What is that? What does that mean? That's usually... It's bad, right? Uh, so I've heard it sometimes be a, a, a protective kind of entity or or a destructive entity like a demon so you know i think it can go either way interesting as much as i want to scare you i shan't hear i think it's protective okay well <clears throat> Tunchi's protective but she's a rarity so she's she is a blessing in disguise yeah but i was i thought it was kind of cool. cool hmm whoa it's like ominous spooky <laughs> talk about Nicey nice ghost. I'm sorry, who? Nicey nice ghost. Knifey knife ghost? Yeah, so nice, nicey, oh nicey nice. 
ghost. How oh nice God, do you stop. think this ghost is? Not nice. Not nice. Is that your final answer? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. This is this is supposed to be a male apparition, and it's thought to be a family member of either the Moet or the Fowler family, or a male servant of some standing. This fellow has made himself visible, and he has been heard talking in various rooms around the house. So somebody's experience, when taking a break from an investigation, after when a paranormal group was there, a cameraman sat down and turned his camera off when something whispered in his ear. Uh, and then the cameraman booked it out of the house and never came back. What did it whisper in his ear? They think it just said, hey. And I've seen some videos. There are some YouTube videos of paranormal groups walking around the mansion. And you do hear uh, disembodied voices. And some of them are just Ooh. saying like, hey. Or hey. Or, um, hey. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that was scary. Good job. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So there's there's some interesting voices, but I think most of them are coming from the nicey nice ghost. I'm sorry. Did you say nicey ni- like n i c e? Because I heard I thought you were saying knifey like k n i no nicey oh N-I-C-E-Y. god Josie. oh my god nicey nicey nice. This is a fundamental miscommunication on my I'm part. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's why I was like, are you sure? That's your final are you sure? answer? And I was like, I am indeed sure. Like, well, she really thinks I'm playing tricks on her. Damn. All right. I was like, no, no one named Knifey Knife Ghost is nice. No, no. I nice guarantee you this ghost will probably knife you. Just you a small right. guess. I was like, why the hell is that what this ghost is nicknamed? No, okay, the nicey, nice ghost. It's so That's nice. It's so nicey, nice. so much better. <laughs> I'm like so relieved. When I saw this, I was like, oh my. At first I was scared because I was like, what the fuck? Who names a yeah, ghost that's really, that? But, um, it's creepy. It is creepy. It's still it's creepy. still fucking creepy, but um, it gets Okay, better. okay. But so he just, he just murmurs and whispers and and that's all that's that's his mo that's his mo um there was another experience um during another paranormal investigation and there were four professional photographers uh, with their cameras there and all four cameras of the photographer of the photographers uh drained inexplicably at the same moment four of them oh that's a lot of energy quite something that's a lot yeah that's a lot of energy to have sucked out that's whole four devices jesus so i have to assume maybe it's not just this one ghost it's probably a few of them in the house but still interesting my favorite and final experience from the nicey nice ghost uh is from johnny keller and johnny keller is walter keller's son he was living in the house um with his parents in the basement and when he was uh, six years old. His room was in the basement and he had a great relationship with the spirit Nicey Nice Ghost. He, oh. Johnny, is the one that named him Nicey Nice Ghost. Oh, so it's like a little kid's nickname. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now things make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm okay with that. Johnny said... He saw this ghost every day. Every day. Oh, every day. And he said... Ooh, that's often. It's too much for me. 
Maybe not for some, but for me, too much. He said, I think he's a boy or a teenager. He looks kind of gray. He has orange eyes and a yellow nose. What? Isn't that weird? Orange eyes and a yellow nose? And that's a six-year-old, so I do kind of believe that. Uh... I've not, not, no, I've never heard that kind of description. Um, that's, that is, I don't like it. I don't like what I'm picturing. I think it's creepy. I don't like it either, but the silver lining here. Johnny calls the spirit nicey nice ghost because every morning the ghost says hello. Okay. <laughs> that's, I guess that's nice. So he says hello back, but every morning he's like, yeah, it's just good. This ghost says hi to me every day. So I just say hi back. So I think it's really nice. He, he says hi to me every morning. So I'm going to call him Nicey Nice Ghost. Okay. I <laughs> guess that's all right. I'm kind of creeped out. Isn't that weird? But how six-year-old yeah. is that? You're like, yeah, six-year-old. Look at you. You name that ghost Nicey Nice Ghost. You do it. That is, that's adorable. It's like, this is a very strange balance of like super cute and like really creepy. And really creepy. Yeah. Please don't say hi to me every morning. I'm yeah, okay. I'd be like, mm, I heard you. Yeah, hi. Yesterday and the Mm -hmm. day before and the day before that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Good. Got it. Thank you. Done. Uh (laughs) Yeah. How about bye? So that's nicely nice ghost. I mean, there's a lot of ghosts here already. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, already we do. We have like a handful of a handful of ghosts and they're still coming. An older, authoritative male apparition. So different from the nicely nice ghost, but another male. Yeah. This is probably and most likely a former owner of the property or perhaps a former administrator of the business school. No one knows for sure. He has made visible appearances in front of the living and the first floor common rooms smoking his pipe. See, this is another example of bringing substances into the afterlife. Seriously. So, yes, he's smoking his pipe and the living can smell the aroma of tobacco. Sometimes just the aroma of tobacco can be noticed, even if he chooses to be unseen. He just wants to let the living know that he's there. But this is a really common occurrence where you'll be walking around the house and all of a sudden you just smell like tobacco. And this is a smoke-free house. This has been a smoke-free house for probably more than 20, 30 years. Whoa. So it's definitely not... You should not be smelling tobacco. Wow. Okay. So that sounds like something that would be we could see like, if we were to go. Yeah, that we could experience. Yeah. I'm looking for a floorboard to move. I'm looking for some tobacco smoke. Those are my two yeah. things okay. that I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I really want to see the flapper. The flapper would be super cool. I want to share a glass of champagne. Let's let's do with the flapper. We'll yeah, we'll, let's we'll invite her to tea. Okay. Oh, my God. Yes. I wonder if we buy a third seat. I wonder if she'll feel honored. Oh, my God. Josie, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. Now to my real story. Are you are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. There are two final spirits that you can see in this house. Uh, These two female spirits are most mostly seen in the Valentine suite. This is a really cute room that you can stay in. And um, staff of the inn and former residents and visitors have actually seen a young female apparition in the Valentine room 
and in the hallway and on the stairs. A young couple who stayed in the Lumber Baron Inn in the Valentine's Suite said that they had heard strange noises. They felt unexplained cold spots and chills, and they were just very uncomfortable um, about staying in that room. And it is always a bit scary when a person does realize that, um, you know, there's, there's ghosts around them, especially if they're not used to ghosties. But they definitely felt weird in the room. Did, and, did, and did they know about the stories? Um, I think they did. I think they knew it was haunted. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Another experience. As a guest came up the central stairs to the Valentine room, she started to feel slightly dizzy and tingly. And this is the sign that she gets when spirits are present and watching her. So she must have been some sort of uh, sensitive. Oh, Okay. Dizzy and tingly, though. And do you remember when we went to the cemetery? I got dizzy and tingly. Yeah, because you're crazy. Yeah, yeah and that's crazy. You crossed the line you weren't supposed to cross. I'm going to cross it again. <laughs> yeah, oh, you would cross it again. Wow. And then Walter Keller had a encounter with the spirit one night when he was in the hallway space between the honeymoon suite and the Valentine suite. This was right when they were opening up in 1993. He was squatting down uh, to cut tile for a shower. And Walter felt an unseen presence standing over him, watching him work. When Walter turned around to see, no one was there, but he felt a frozen gust of wind, which made the hairs on his neck stand up. Oh, I don't like these gusts oh. of wind. The gusts... I I don't like it. I don't like it paired with like this ominous presence. I'm okay with with it paired with the cool flapper lady drinking champagne, but an a, a male like it sounds like that owner guy, like that like an over like someone just like looking over you while you're doing work, and then there's no one there. I don't. Uh, That's a little creepy. I don't uh, like it. There was no reasonable explanation for this frozen gust of wind. You know, the Kellers have always wanted to make the spirits in the house feel at home and they were they're always you know very respectful of them because they they know and they understand that this home is more the spirit's home than it is theirs so they really strive to make sure that the the ghosts of the house feel really respected and welcome oh when they first bought the home and before opening the lumbar baron inn walter keller who was a former uh, teacher says he knew nothing about the neighborhood or that the house was dubbed a Victorian haunted home. He said, Oh. I knew there had been two murders here. But that's all. What? What? There, huh? You who? knew? Wait, whoa. Huh? Two there murders. There had been two murders. Two murders. Say who? Say what? Say what? Are you we going gonna, to need to close? I, I need more. Am I going to give you more. a murder story? I might. Are you? I might. Whoa. I might. Whoa. Whoa. More words. Shit. Need them. Provide. All right. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the murders of Kara Kenoch and Marianne Weaver. <gasps> Are those the two female presences, Josie? You're going to have to find out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kara Kenoch was a 16-year-old high school dropout when she moved from her parents' home in Golden to Denver as an independent ceramic artist. Her father oh, I love that. I know. Super cute. Her father, Richard, shared that she was independent as all to get out. 
Um, but it got to the point where we we felt rightly or wrongly that if we didn't allow her to move out like she wanted to and not go along with it, that we would not stay on good terms with her and that she might possibly run away. And then we wouldn't know where she was. That is yeah. some hardcore parenting. Like, you have to fucking... That is some next level wisdom. I Right? Do I wow. squish you down yeah. so you never want to see me again? Or do I let you be free so you want to maintain your relationship with me and I also uh, die while you're out in the real world? I mean, she would. I, I think they made the right choice because ultimately she was going to do what she was going anyway, to do. Right? I, I, yeah. support, I support their decision. Really, oh, yes. really brave. Kara moved into the Lumbar Baron Inn during the Fowler's ownership, during the building's run-down time. And this was in 1970. It was very trap oh. housey. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. She rented a room for $48 a month. Like, crazy. Wow. And she lived in the room that is now called the Valentine Suite. <gasps> I knew it. Crazy. Crazy. Kara was getting ready to go back to school to get her high school diploma. Um, And then she also wanted to attend art school. So she had planned to move out of this apartment as she had found a new job. And she also found a new place as well. So things were starting to look up for her. On her 17th birthday, she spent that day with her family. And that was Sunday, October 11th. The next day, Kara returned to her apartment in the Lumbar Baron Mansion and spoke to her mom over the phone. This was four days before she was supposed to move out. And early Monday evening, a violent man broke into the mansion, broke into Kara's room while she was there. No. Despite Kara's efforts to defend herself with a kitchen knife, he brutally raped her and strangled her to death, and he stuffed her body under the bed. Are you fucking kidding me? Some crazy drugged out asshole broken (gasps) and the sad thing too is is that the fowlers could have could have done more to like make it safer they could have put a deadbolt on her door they could have hired security they could have done a lot of things to prevent this she didn't even have a lock she didn't even have a lock on her door i think she did have a lock but it was really shitty oh my god how did and this like horrifying crazy horrible human seemed to know where he was going So the scary thing about that, too, is because her room was previously broken into a couple days before and items were stolen from her. No. Yeah, they're like, is this the same person? Because it's just like a really shitty part of town at the time and no one cared. It was very trappy, very druggy, you know, very sketchy. You just go around, you break in, you get what you can. No one cares. Mm. No one cares about your shit. Yeah. So... She she did. She passed away from this. And I'm I'm heartbroken because that was like she had a whole path lined up in front of her. She just celebrated her birthday. She was moving out. Like she seems just really, a baby. Exactly. You're just the baby. You're 17. Oh my goodness. Can we can we do a seat for her at our tea table too? Oh yeah, we're gonna have to add one more. Yeah. All right. We're up to four. Four uh, seats. Five. You and me. Five? Five. What? Oh, Please, please, yes, please go on. Marianne Weaver, the mother of a small child um, who also lived with her parents in Lakewood while going to Arapahoe Community College, would frequently visit Kara. They were friends, so she would go over to her apartment to hang out. 
And she was planning on coming there that night, and she stopped around, stopped by around 9 p.m. to visit her friend. Marianne walked into the murder scene while the killer rapist was still there. No. Marianne was shot in the head execution style. Are you kidding me? Um, this uh, is horrific. It's ma- This it's is a nightmare. Absolutely. Just like you're young, you're... You're, and it's so unexpected. It's so sudden. Did they arrest this asshole? Like, I, I can't. I will have a call to action here soon. Okay. Okay. He left her laying on the on the bed on top of where Kara, Kara's body had been stuffed into. And her hands were folded over her chest. Ultimately, they think that this guy had broken into Kara's apartment and kind of knew that she was there and that he intended to do this to Kara. And that Marianne was just a really, really unlucky bypasser. And that he was still there, unfortunately, when she came in. And he didn't want any witnesses. So, boop, shoot her. And then he placed her on the bed to kind of make it seem like a drug deal gone wrong. Because there was, like, lots of sketchiness like that during the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. This is literally a nightmare. And these two murders made quite a splash in Denver. And they were on the front page headlines in the Denver Post on October 13th of 1970. October 13th! Oh, I know. Crazy. It says, uh, quote, teen girls found slain in Denver apartments. So this produced a lot of unwanted publicity for the owner of the house, Fowler, at the time. And this asshole blamed Kara for her own death and that of her friend. He said that Kara... Oh, my God, he did not. Yeah, Dick. He said that Kara was a quote-unquote hippie and was the one with the wild drug parties. But that was oh not true God. at all. It was other people in the apartment that were throwing wild drug parties, not her. Oh, my God. You are just a shit uh, landlord who is too cheap to maintain his property, and it's all your fault, and you're just trying to avoid being having any guilt in the matter, and you suck. Despite all of his excuses and blaming the victim strategy, Dick, Mr. Fowler shared some of the blame for their deaths, and he had to live with this on some level. So I hope he feels bad. He's robbing. Feel bad. The despicable killer has never been caught, and this is still an open cold case file. Oh, Oh, no wonder they're haunting the space. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, so these girls must still be searching for their killer or waiting for justice, which is maybe why they haven't left the Lombard Baron Inn. Can we, okay, can we go? Can we get the Valentine suite? And can we sit and can we do the little candle thing that we talked about in the first Bel Air episode, that game? And can we do a session where we let them know, hey, it's okay to not have closure. Get out of here. And get out of here. Like, go move you on. Go be with your family. Peace. Yeah. You deserve peace. You don't need to stay in this horrible place where you were murdered. It's okay if you don't know if your killer wasn't caught. It's okay. Let it go. Let it go. Forgive. Forgive and just so that you can have forgiveness in your own soul. I just want them to be okay. It's not okay. I know. We can we can absolutely do that. I do have a few okay. more things that might make you feel a little better. Okay. Okay. So just one last, like, whoa. So there's some paranormal evidence gathered by uh, Kara and Marianne. There was a paranormal group 
that had made contact with the two young victims. And through EVPs, they had gotten the horrible tale of their murders, but not enough clues to catch the killer's name. Until another group, the Spirit Paranormal, they did two investigations, one in 2011 and one in October of 2012. At both, they captured the full name of the killer, said by multiple spirits' voices. No. All the spirits who stay there in the house chimed in to set the record straight, wanting this creep to be brought to justice. Knowing the name of the killer is a start, but finding the proof to convict is still something standing in the way of their justice. But this group, I found their post on Facebook. and um, Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Spirit Paranormal reported on their Facebook page on October 20th, 2012. Another unbelievable event at the Lumbar Baron Inn last night, folks. If I was not there to see this in person, I would not have believed it. For the second straight year, we received the same name of the killer from the unsolved 1970 double murder on the ITC device. The exact same name said by multiple different spirits at different times in different voices. It literally gave me chills. We also ran into several members of the cast of the TV show Ghost Detectives while we were there, and it seems like we're not the only ones trying to help solve this 40-year-old cold case. Wow. What? What? All the ghosts were like, no, fuck this guy. They were like, hey, girls, bring it in. We got you. And also, fuck this dude. And they were like, the girls were like, it was this guy. This guy killed us. This guy killed us. And then everybody else in the house were like, this guy killed them. Fuck this guy. This guy killed them. This is his name. Oh. This is the name. And I couldn't find the name. The name? No, oh, I couldn't no. find the name. I tried. I tried to find the name. I'm so mad. But uh, okay, because so. it's an open, it is, it is an open case still. Okay. All so right. I, okay. here's my action step. I vote to, pre- to petition the use Ooh. of spirit guidance. In investigations. <laughs> I would sign that petition, uh, but I don't know if we would get enough signatures. But I support. I really want to somehow get justice for them. Because the fact that they, in the afterlife, they knew who it was and they said the name twice. And then everybody else in the house was like, fuck yeah, it's this guy. Dude, that's insane. That's That's insane. And, I mean, it might... I wonder if it, like, is kind of being taken a little bit seriously if you can't find the name anywhere. That's curious. It is still an open investigation. So with Mm. that being said, my second call to action. The number to call if you have any information on the killer is the Denver Police Department at 720-913-7867. They're still taking information on this case. Uh, if you were around Denver in the 1970s in October, specifically October uh, 12th, I believe, if you found anything or saw anything weird, call that police department. Give them something to do. <laughs> I want to. I want to go. I want to find the name. I want to ask for the name. Me too. And I just want to give them love and just I see know. some floorboards creak. But. Ultimately, this is their story. This is about Kara and Marianne. There's a lot of other spirits in the home, but this was 
you know, their their story, what happened to them, and this is where they're still hanging out. And so the fact that the Kellers have tried to make the house so welcoming, there's one piece that I'll say to wrap this up. And Julie Keller, Walter's wife, will say, hi, girls, every morning when she comes into the house. Every Aww. morning. Whether there's, if there's no one there, she's like, hi, girls. And she'll like scream it up to the room. Or if she has guests, she's like, hi, girls. <laughs> she'll be really quiet Aww. about it. She's like, I still want you to know like, hi, but like, I don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> so hi. I love her. I know. She's so great. So she's very interactive with them. And then she also leaves fresh flowers for the girls in the Valentine's suite um, every week. Oh, oh, okay. So they're, they're getting love. And hopefully they're, they feel very welcomed and at peace. But if we can somehow figure out who solved this, if we can get the... I mean, I hope the investigative group, like, gave the name to the police somehow. I don't know. I don't know if they could even take that. But whatever we can do to get this case solved, I would be stoked. And if you are interested in staying in a spooky house, the Lumbar Baron Inn Bed and Breakfast is super cute. You might get some ghosty chills there. And uh, we might have to go check it out. We're going. Oh, my gosh. We're going for Halloween tea. We're going for, uh, you know, just early, late summer tea. We're going. We're going for tea. We're doing it. And that, my dear, is the history and the hauntings of the Lumbar Baron Inn. I loved it. It is spooky. It is very spooky. Not crazy spooky, but the murder was like, oh, ugh, hit my heart. And then all the... The things that uh, cold gusts of wind, floorboards moving, tobacco smoke. That's a little scary. Oh, my gosh. I And I feel I feel so curious. I feel like we need to go. Oh, we're, we're going. We're going to go check it out. And I'm on excited. that note, if you have ever stayed in a haunted hotel room or have a spooky ghost story from anywhere that's an old house, haunted mansion, but specifically hotel room, email us. At something spookish at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram at something spookish. You can tweet us on Twitter. You can visit our website at www.somethingspookish.com. And this was a good one. Thank you. I loved it. As far as how spooked I am, I'm um I'm a seven. Um, but then after the murder, good. I'm like a I'm like a I'm like a ten just because the murder was horrific. Then you know if we end up going, we'll post our our, our adventures and our tea time and any um, other spooky things that we do at the Lumbar Baron, and we'll post those on the gram. Until next week, stay spooky. Stay so super spooky. The most spooky. Stay spooky. Stay somewhat spooky. Stay partially spooky. Stay partially spooked. And a one more time on three. And a one, and a two, and a three. Stay spooky. spooky.